Hi, I'm Daryl Urbanski, and welcome to the Best Business Podcast. My mission is to help create 200 new multimillionaire business owners. How? You'll do better when you know better. In my interviews, you'll hear from self-made millionaires, seven-figure business owners, authors, and world-class experts sharing how they did it so you can too without experiencing the same obstacles they did. Now, if you like this interview, please share it with a friend you think will benefit. They'll appreciate it, and I will as well. You can also connect with me on social media. Look for Daryl Urbanski, D-A-R-Y-L, Urban Ski, U-R-B-A-N-S-K-I, and add me so we can be friends. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy what I've prepared for you right here, right now. Hello, everyone. Thank you for joining us. My name is Daryl Urbanski, your host as always, and today we are joined by Aaron Ana- Anastasi, um, a SoCal native who graduated with a master's degree from Princeton Theological Seminary, and he's also a serial entrepreneur with online businesses such as Superior Singing Method, an online singing program that grosses seven figures annually. Aaron has a number one singing slash life lesson channel on YouTube, over 11.5 million organic views, and over 130,000 subscribers total on his three channels. Along with being an LA-based actor and filmmaker, Aaron is a prominent success coach. His new book, The Voice of Your Dreams, was released in April 2016 and reached Amazon's top 100 bestsellers within its first week published. I've asked him to join us here today to, to discuss building a large social media and membership following for those of us interested in both. So, Aaron, thank you so much for joining us today. How are you doing, brother? Hey, Daryl. I'm doing great. I'm psyched to be on your show, as, as we mentioned before, and uh, looking forward to our conversation. Yeah, well, it's not every day that people build something as substantial as you have. And in fact, the real benefit, at least in my mind, is, of course, like, great, seven figures is nice, and all the millions of views, like, those are great bragging rights. But I think the real, real benefit, at least I know for myself, I don't have as many followers as you do, but at least what I hear from my podcast listeners, it's knowing that you're affecting people's lives in ways that don't matter. And I think that impact, like, not a lot of people get to have that sort of reach and I mean, you can even have political sway if you want, you know, and so I think that that's something to be spoken for, and there's a lot to be learned from someone that's come along your journey, um, but you weren't always kind of the, the ringleader of all this that you have going on, so how did you even get started? Like, do you come from a family of entrepreneurs, or, um, yeah, like, how did you get the bug? Yeah, I got the the entrepreneur bug early on. I, I don't come from a family of entrepreneurs. I actually come from from poverty i mean my my mom and my dad uh actually only one neither one went to college only one graduated high school and and they were kind of grinding out a living and and did for most of their lives so i grew up in actually a pretty scarcity poverty mindset but the entrepreneur thing came when i was about 17 i think that, or actually it was probably earlier than that cuz i I I used to go around and 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 sell newspaper subscriptions when I was about 12 12 or 13 and and but what when it really hit was I my my mom and dad were divorced when I was about 14 and then my mom had a boyfriend um and he he had this idea he said hey why don't you guys sell plants um yeah I know where you can get plants like not weed but you know what I mean like plants like <laughs> <laughs> that is a business I know too, he, yeah. <laughs> and that's a business, and hey, a lot of people make a lot of money, no judgment. But back then, um, no, it was just like, he, I know we can get them wholesale, and you can start your own plant business and sell them resale to all these industrial areas and all these office buildings. And, and that's what really, the very beginning that gave me the bug, because we were able to make a decent living, and we lived in like kind of this nice-ish apartment. You know, we grew up poor, so we thought, wow, 
wow, this is, we've got no boss and we're like 17, 18 years old and we've, we're running this business. And so I think that's when it started. And my life went a bunch of different directions since then, but I always had this thing in my back of my head like I could work for myself. I could create my own income and wealth and have a lot of freedom. And, and so that, that's what kind of started the bug for me. That's awesome. So that was back when you said, like when you were 17? Yeah, yeah, I was 17. My brother was 18. We did that for a couple of years. How old are you now, if you don't mind me asking? I'm going to be 42 this month, actually. Oh, still young. Still still time to go. Um, yeah. So, but in the last kind of 20-something years of your entrepreneurial career, do you, looking back, do you feel like you've had to overcome milestones or there were big challenges and like things that you figured out like oh you know I did this this until I figured like for me like one example is when I figured out I needed a team that was like a breakthrough kind of milestone for me do you feel like you went through stages yourself and if you did what were they what were some of those challenges and milestones yeah yeah a lot of really big ones of course I but my my biggest and which actually led to this most recent book that I that I wrote, the Voice of Your Dreams. My biggest um, obstacle was my mindset. That just I I as I said, I kind of had this poverty mindset growing up and this scarcity thing, and and just not really believing in myself most of the time. That you know, starting that business with my brother was one thing that was like, oh, this thing kind of worked. But then I didn't do much as far as entrepreneurship for a decade or so after that. And a lot of it was because I just didn't believe that I that I have what it takes. And I actually had one really major breakthrough about 10 years ago before I did all these, the singing business, before the book, before before I started really making any any substantial type of income. And I remember I I was sitting with my coach. This is one my one of my big breakthroughs was that having a coach is a really valuable thing. But at the time I'm like, life coach, who needs a I know how to live life and you know, I just didn't quite I didn't quite understand what, what that was all about. But but I was I was being coached and, and I remember one of the things my coach said to me is he said, Hey, who would you have to be in order to get the results that you want? And I and I really honestly thought that he that he meant to say you know, what would you have to do to get the results you want? Because to me, I was pretty driven and I was, I would work really hard, but, but the, this idea of being and having a different way of being, uh, wasn't something I was really that familiar with at the time. I know being versus doing is a little more common nowadays, but that was a huge breakthrough for me. And that, that sent me on kind of a journey and a search of like, how do I shift my way of being? And, and when I say what I mean by that is being, uh, what I believe about myself and what I believe about the world and what what I believe is possible and how can I shift that way of being to where the results that I want, you know, he's asking because it's all about what kind of results do you want? How can I get better results to be the natural outworking of this certain way of being? And so read hundreds of books and got a lot of coaching and then had just radical results. The bio that you read is basically that's what happened within about a year or two of this shift of mindset and this shift of understanding of, of, of my own way of being and so those principles is where I started, what I wrote in my book and started coaching other clients and started seeing massive results. So that was kind of probably the biggest obstacle and overcoming thing for me. Got it. Got it. Got it. Yeah. So mindset. And I, I fully agree with that. I think that just myself, my personally, um, having been kind of a coach 
uh, and a mentor in a lot of different roles from even one of my first jobs, which was babysitting, where you're kind of like a role model, so to speak. I really see that. Even when I had my martial arts school, you'd see people that come in and it's that, it's quote, whether you believe you can or believe you can't, you're right. Um, right. Yeah, so I agree. Do you think that there's certain things that people trip up on, like they're not worth enough money or they can't get out of, you know, having to have someone ordain them? Or do you think that, like, are there any key pillars that you feel that are the real mindsets, like hurdles to overcome? Yeah, I think there are a couple. Well, I, just in my own experience in my own life and in my client's life, I find that there are a couple of them. One one main one is I don't have what it takes. And, and that takes a that that has a lot of different faces. I don't have what it takes. I'm unworthy. I don't deserve this. I need permission. I need approval that all, all that kind of stuff works under that that same one. And and what I found for me, because that was my big complaint, even to my coach that day is that I don't have what it takes. I don't have what it takes to be successful as an entrepreneur, successful as, you know, to be able to make make money, you know, to really make a living, to 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 break through in the film and, and acting industry, because that was a big a big deal to me, continues to be a big deal to me at this time. I don't have what it takes. And so if I don't believe I have what it takes, like you said, then I won't take the steps necessary and the hard work necessary to move toward that thing. And and that's and what I discovered during that time too is is what I talk about this idea of rackets. I talk a lot about rackets in my book and a lot of my to my clients is that we have these beliefs that we have, the negative beliefs that we have. It's not just, oh, let's overcome these negative beliefs. What helps me get over my um, negative beliefs about myself and about the world is understanding that I'm complicit in keeping this negative voice alive because there are certain benefits that I'm getting from believing this. If, if I've got 50,000 thoughts that go through my mind every day, why am I choosing to hold on to these one or two or five that are really tripping me up. And what I found out for like the I don't have what it takes one is that if I believe I don't have what it takes, then I don't have to have what it takes. I don't have to do the hard work of of seeing if I have what it takes and the two to five to ten years of of, of hard work to 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 build something that really matters. And I, I don't have to potentially look like a failure to other people. I don't have to, uh, you know, I, I I don't have to be uncomfortable. There's so many things that I'm getting out of believing this thought and keeping me living in this smaller world that I continue to believe that thought in order to continue to experience the payoffs of the thought. Mm, I, lo- I love that. Yeah, because I know something that I see a lot of is people are afraid to get their name out there. I was just on a call before this talking about something totally different, but CrossFit came up and uh, I mentioned like the gym I train at. And I, you know, it almost pains me. Like I have people pay me thousands of dollars for advice and I give it to them, they go get results. And then I have people that, like, I just know in my day-to-day life, and I'll be like, hey, you should do blank, but they get it for free, so they give that much value to it. Um, You know, and it was just that concept where these guys, like, they've got a great piece of real estate and a beautiful sign outside with all this traffic driving by all day, every day. And I was like, you guys should really do that sign and put up something like, you know, free beginner classes or something. Because they already do with new people. There's already two days that new people come, and it's just, like, technique training. And I'm like, just make that a free court, like a free program. People, You know, and that's, like, the entry-level free membership thing. And they they came back like yeah but we don't want to give the wrong message and have people think that we're desperate or you know like you know and they were just kind of caught up in that so it's funny that you mentioned mm-hmm. that because their thing was like putting themselves out there where it kind of comes back to like you say like I don't have what it takes or I'm unworthy or you know people will think things about me you know or another one this is one that I had like they're going to steal my idea that was me I was like I don't I don't uh, want to build a team or tell anyone because it's so it's golden they're going to take it and do it themselves you know um, 
when the reality is, is most people are so involved in their own lives, even if they do decide to compete with you, you know, by the time, if they're just starting, you know, like don't hire your competitor. But I mean, if you have someone you're worried that's going to take your business and run it from under you, I don't, I don't know. I think that's, it's a real, it can be a real threat, but for the most part, you know, it's foolish and you just can't, you know, you can't avoid being in business without it. So. Yeah. And that is a huge one here in Los Angeles. Like people like, oh, I've got a screenplay idea. Nobody's going to steal my idea. And really like, come on, your ideas aren't that golden. And it takes two to three to five years to make, to really push an idea to make it go forward. So if somebody steals your idea, (laughs) it's going to take them a long time to bring it to fruition. So if you have the tenacity, you're, you're going to, you're going to be fine. Yeah. Yeah, 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 exactly. And that's the other thing, you know, that's the, I mean, you look, even I was in martial arts, you'd see like, we go to a competition, there'd be like 500 to a thousand white belts, which is the beginning level. After a year and a half experience, you get like your blue belt. There's like, there's 500 white belts. There's like 200 of those. And then the next belt, you know, purple, there's 75 of those. The next one, there's 20 of those. And you get the black belt, there's like two of them, you know, and that's the mm-hmm. thing again, you know, like if you're really committed to seeing your idea through, it's a non-issue for the most part. Right. So that's, a, that's, that's, that's a, yeah, that's a really great tip. Um, so what would you say to someone who's listening to this call right now and heard us say that they're like, I think I might be suffering from that. Do you have any advice for someone who might be struggling with that problem? With the, the, I don't have what it takes problem or yeah. like that, that, yeah. Yeah, I would. I, <laughs> I, a lot of things because it's, it's, it's something that even, even in my own life, as I, as I tackle new, new challenges and new adventures, which I always am because to me, that's kind of the meaning of life is to constantly be uncomfortable. And to me, happiness is growth. And it, in order to grow, I want to be uncomfortable. And when I'm uncomfortable, this racket pops up again that I don't have what it takes. And what if I look like a you know, failure, all that kind of stuff. So for me, the first thing is um, one of the things I say in my book is the inspiration you're waiting for in order to start is on the other side of starting. And so for me, all that stuff of I don't have what it takes and all that fear, because fear lives in the future. There's no really present reality of fear for any of us fears unless we're being chased chased by a lion or a tiger you know but it lives in the future so for me all this i don't have what it takes is looking into the future and saying oh this this isn't going to work or what if i look like fail all that stuff so i find that the hardest part is just before you start because of all those those voices so once we start that's where the inspiration comes that's where the ideas comes that's where the information comes and once we get started anywhere and i don't mean like deliberate for a year and find the perfect place to start no just start anywhere just start now and as you begin to get into action that fear begins to subside those limiting voices begin to come down it reminds me of when i was writing this book i mean i had so many vivid thoughts of like nobody's ever going to read this book it's not going to get published you're a joke you're not saying anything uh unique you're just a mimic You're, you're a fraud all these voices were so 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 loud and so when i would go sit down to write they would get so, just the loudest at that point. But I just said, you know what, I'm just going to write just garbage, five or 10 minutes of just whatever. And as soon as I started writing, after five or 10 minutes, the voices became quiet and quiet. And I started getting excited about writing. And two or three hours later, I had, you know, I'd written two or three pages and I, I hadn't dealt with any fears because I was in action. So to me, the biggest thing is get into action anywhere, get started now to begin to silence those voices. And will they come back? Yes, but just get back into action. Yeah, I, I love that. I, I forget who told me, but someone was saying that, like, your mind doesn't get results. It goes in directions. And where your focus mm. goes, your mind follows. And so it's one of those things, whatever you focus on. I, I remember when I was a kid, 
I'm, this may or may not be appropriate, whatever. I remember when I was a kid, I was driving my dad. And we mentioned this probably isn't appropriate, but whatever. It's my show, so I'll talk about whatever I want. So my <laughs> dad is like an old school hippie. And once upon a time on a road trip when I was like a late teen with my dad, we smoked a joint. And we were driving, and I forget what happened, but my dad said something, and I was talking about like, oh, we're just animals. And he was like, you know, we're also part tr- part plant, too. We're like trees. And I'm like, what do you mean? And it spurred this whole tangent of thought where I realized that, yeah, whatever I focus on, grows that's all that's all plants do plants sit there and they wait for food water and sunlight and when they got all three all they do is grow and when they don't have it they try to maintain and they die that's really what it is they're just trying to fight decay when they don't have those and so that's i was like wow that's kind of right because dog a dog is only is a dog and it will only ever do the handful of things a dog does that's it that's like that's all the dog will ever do you might teach it a new trick but you know really at the end of the day it just does that but as a human i can focus and go i want to learn how to do a back and I can intensely put my energy there. And so that's when I realized I need to cut TV out of my life because I'm like, I could I hear about Michelangelo and all these other greats from history that were not just fantastic in one arena, but like in 12 arenas. And it's because they didn't, you know, they just put their focus in there. And I really felt that it was almost like I woke up every day with, if you sleep eight hours, he was at 24 minus eight. So you got like 16, like focus hours and whatever hour I spent, it was like, I, you know, that just went just 1% better. And I got that from another mentor. If I could just improve one percent every day and I, I just following that as really i mean at least for me has really been crit- like a key component to my success like you just said like just focus on it start small and just you know and just keep going at that in that direction and at the end of the day persistence and if you're really committed and passionate and love what you do you know you'll, you'll get there and it's about the journey anyway so i think that's a great tip for everyone yeah and that what that brings to mind what that reminds me of is and goes back to your original question about if people are struggling with the, I don't have what it takes and um, what to do. And it goes back to the focus thing that you're talking about that when we, like you said, what we focus on grows. And so that's why when we complain, this is like when I'm coaching people, I, I my ears perk up for any type of complaints because complaints usually indicate some type of racket, some type of I'm running a racket on myself and, I, and I've got this complaint and it seems legitimate, but really I'm just getting a bunch of payoffs as we talked about. I'm getting all these payoffs for believing that. So when we focus on our complaints, those complaints and the negativity and what is not possible grows in our mindset and then it affects our actions and therefore affects our results. But when we focus, when we shift our focus to uh, – that's why like uh, when we shift our focus to a vision or a declaration or a commitment or this end result that we want and we ch- we write it down and we put it up on our wall and we start talking about it and we start moving toward that direction, we live into the future that we see coming toward us. So if that future looks like this commitment and this vision and that this declaration because then vener- you know, vision generates clarity for purposeful action, then that's what's going to grow. This possibility in our mind is going to grow and all kinds of opportunities going to open up to us that we didn't previously exist. It's not like we call it into existence, but it's just what already is there. And now that we're focusing on this, we see it. Whereas when we're shutting everything down or we're looking at things, the focus of the lens of our complaints, possibility does not seem to exist or because we're blind to it. Yeah. Yeah. I call that the red shirt theory. There's a video I made back when I had my martial arts school, which is exactly 
exactly that. Like when you break up with a girlfriend, everywhere you look, you see breakups. When you buy a red car, everywhere you look, you see red cars. It's not that there are more than there were before. It's just that you're keenly aware of them. And so I love how you brought that up because that's that's so true. I, in fact, um, one of the first multi-million dollar marketing campaigns I ever did, I had a statement that I would read morning, noon, and night. I got this from Think and Grow Rich. And it was, I will generate over a million dollars in annually recurring net income by April 15th, 2015. I will sell ideas and information products, digital and or paper and ink to provide large groups of people suffering from serious or urgent problems access to solutions from world-class experts. Using the T times C equals money formula, I will employ automated systems to generate leads, nurture prospects, make sales, fulfill orders, provide aftercare, and upsell, giving me this financially secure, long, happy, healthy, joyful, and wealthy life. And by doing that, I got connected to some very powerful people, which gave me an opportunity and resources and tools I never had available before. And it was so, you would be surprised, well, not you, but maybe some of the listeners would be surprised how many times I caught myself in a day where I would stop because it would pop up as a reminder on my phone. And I would, I committed to myself that whenever it popped up on my phone, it didn't matter. If I was on a phone call, I'd be like one second. It didn't matter whatever I was doing. I'd stop what I was doing to read it, to remind myself. And how many times I was like, what I am doing right now has nothing to do with this. And I would just drop it and refocus. And that, I mean, just what you mentioned there, like that declaration, the vision statement, the commitment, having that and constantly reminding yourself of that. I mean, I think that's what affirmations are supposed to be. I don't think it's supposed to be like this positive. Jim Rohn's got this good thing, uh, this thing that he says in one of his audio programs where he's like, you know, this positive thinking thing. He's like, some of it you got to be careful because you can't ignore weeds. If you have a garden and weeds are growing in, you can't be like, there are no weeds. There are no weeds because they'll take over your garden. They'll take you away to the loony bin. You have to kill weeds. You have to be comfortable with accepting that there's positive and negative in life and that you have to kill the negative. And I, you know, it might not necessarily be attacking the negative, but I like how you said it by having those vision statements, the declaration, your commitment written out in front of you as a reminder to keep you focused on what you want, not focus on what you don't want. Because even when you use the word don't, you're still focused on it, you know? So that's a, that's a huge one. That's a huge one. Um, so Aaron, let me ask you about kind of the following that that you built. Is there some magic or secret sauce to building a massive following? Like, how do you know what videos to create? How do you know what content to publish? How do you build a following where you get 11 million views and 100,000 plus subscribers and followers? Like, what's, like, like, yeah, how, like, <laughs> like, like what? Like, yeah, what like, come on, mean? man. Come on, give me the magic yeah. pill, like, as if there is one. But Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, my, my first and most honest answer is that I, I really don't know. But, but let me follow that up with, let me tell you what I did, though. Because some, some of it I, I still don't totally understand. But, and it goes, again, back to intent, intention and mindset for me. So when I started, it wasn't like, oh, I did X, Y, and Z. And if you just plug in X, Y, and Z into the formula of like, I did this and then I did this and two days later I did that, like right. those kind of formulas. Right. For me, the formula is more more mindset. So when I created those videos, what happened was we had – we we had done the Google thing, so we had we had did all this ranking and spinning articles and all this stuff and doing SEO on on Google, and that was and had 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 seen some success with that before we started the YouTube channel at all. And then uh, they they released Panda. I don't know if you remember Panda, but Panda yep. absolutely destroyed yep. us in 2011. I think it was February 2011, and and we went from like all of, we had like 23 keywords at the number one spot or number one, two, three, but mostly one spot. Uh, for a long time. So we were generating some income. We went from there to Panda, knocked us down to page 15. And so we went literally 
overnight or in a moment, we went from the income that we were making supporting me and my two business partners well to making zero dollars. And so at that point, with the I just decided, you know what? We're gonna do we're gonna do those same keywords as YouTube videos, but what I'm gonna do is a couple of things. I'm gonna give away what what I know to be my very very best, and you've heard people say this, but this is just what I did. I'm gonna give away my very best content for free on you on YouTube, and what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna be really intentional about the videos that I do, and when I look into that camera lens, I'm going to see somebody that I more than anything I want them to to experience freedom in their singing voice. I want them to reach their dreams as a singer. And and that's going to be the intention that I'm driving in into that camera as I'm doing this. And it sounds a little weird, but for me, it was like, I, I, with all the passion I have, I'm going to help somebody reach their dreams as a singer. And so, so that's what we did. And, you know, we did a couple of ranking things. We used Fiverr to do some, you know, uh, you know, linking and, and all that, that kind of stuff. But, but really it was just a matter of, I think it was my intention and my, and the, and the timing and just the giving away the great, inf- great information as well. But I think, no, I think there's validity to that. I want to, and I want to talk about this for a second because, you know, uh, again, one of my mentors said when I back when I was like trying to keep my secrets and stuff, a lot of people are afraid to give away their best stuff. And he said, Daryl, what does a musician do when they get a chance to put their song on nationwide radio? Do they take their second best song and leave the best one on the album for people to discover later? No, they put their Hell best no. foot forward. You put your best song out there, so you hope people fall so in love with it, they go looking for all the rest of your stuff. So when you put your best stuff out there for free, it was one of the most powerful form of marketing forms of marketing there is, which is demonstration proof. That's why we all have elevators. Elevators were around for a long time and nobody liked them because the cable would cut or something would go wrong and people would fall to their death. And I forget his name, but he developed the, the braking system, the auto braking system we have in elevators, which makes it so that way even like I'm in the Philippines right now and even in a second world country, I can go in an elevator feel safe because you have these auto braking mechanisms. But nobody believed it yet. So what they would do is they'd go to marketplaces and set up like a transparent elevator shaft and he would stand at the top and he would pull people out of the audience and tell them to cut the cable. And they'd be like, no way. This guy's going to fall to his death. He's crazy. And he's like, I'll pay you to do it. They're like, no, I won't do it. I don't want to go to jail. You know, and he'd make like a big thing out of it. And then they'd cut it and he'd fall like a half a foot and the brakes would kick in. And that demonstration thing was so, I mean, that's before and after photos. So you demonstrated your, your technique. You put your best foot forward. And the other part that I think really is part of like the magic sauce to this is you saw your avatar. You were speaking to them. And with YouTube, like even now audio, like people are hearing our voices in their head. Hey, well, how are you doing, man? Who or a woman or hey friend? who's listening to this I hope you're having a wonderful day like I literally just said that to you and even though maybe thousands of people are listening to this audio I sincerely mean it to every single person and that allows you to have that one-on-one personal connection through all your videos so I think that honestly when you're like I'm not really sure I think that putting your best stuff out there to demonstrate your knowledge and having one-on-one conversations with your key avatar was probably so magnetic for your audience that that's probably what really helped you like build that rapport and build that credibility. And then the other stuff, you know, it just kind of kicked it off. But I think, you know, at the same time, some stuff just when it's qualities out there, I mean, I don't want to say like, if you build it, they will come because you do need to market it. And even you said you did some organic, you know, some SEO stuff. And I'm sure you guys did marketing and all that too. But I think that that really helps and that people can tell sincerity and that puts trust and confidence in you. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. And when what what people were saying to me and still say to me now today is that they they say you have very trust 
interesting eyes. Like I, I watch your videos and I, and I just, I, I believe you and I, and I, and I want to do what you say and I want to put it into practice and I want to do that. And I, I didn't, I didn't know what that was or what that, I don't know how to generate that. I don't know how to, how to make that happen or whatever. But I realize that that comes through with intention. So if my intention is I genuinely want this person to reach their dreams, not like I'm trying to screw this person out of money and try to make money as, as fast as I can, that intention comes through in your words and in your eyes and, and in the things that you say. So just to, to what you were saying. Yeah, no, I, I fully agree on that. I mean, it just, yeah, I think I think that's just, honestly, it's a great secret. And for anyone listening, I think it's important to mention at this point that desperation is one of the worst places to work from. And no matter what yeah. stage your business is at, you know, I think the first thing is just getting roof, we used to call it roof and ramen. Like, just get your roof and ramen. Like, just like hot, hot water and noodles that you can, you know, prevent yourself from starving. Like, just get to that. And at that point, really just come to a place of servitude because that's, I mean, at the end of the day, a company is just a group of people trying to help another group of people, uh, usually through some sort of product or service, you know, and it's it achieve an end result. And that's really it. And if you don't really care about everybody wants these, uh, like, even though I, I can say that I've created automated funnels, done millions, like at the end of the day, yeah, but we still had live people to help because I mean, that's part of it, what it is like, you know, it's, you know, like the idea of sitting on a beach, getting fat and lazy, what that means is that you don't know your purpose. Cause when you know your purpose, when you're passionate about something, like I work, I sleep six hours a night if I'm lucky, but that's cause I'm passionate about what I do. And I, you know, I don't feel drained at all because I wake up feeling engaged. And I think that that's what people are missing. If you love what you do, you never work a day in your life. And I don't think, I don't think anything that you do really feels like we're at this point. I mean, has this been, I'm sure you've had ups and downs, but looking back, I mean, it sounds like it's been a fun ride. Has it not? Oh, it's been incredible, and working working with my business partners and all that has been been insane. And and I, I just before I forget, there's something about that I think is a really important tip of something I just realized in about six months ago that has to do with what you're saying has to do with giving giving away our best information. Is that I realized that as I because even when I wrote my book, it was like, man, these are like all my coaching secrets in this book. Like, how, why does and why will anybody want to hire me as a coach? And what I realized is. I'm constantly learning and growing and renewing and getting more information, but um, more, even more than that, people, when people, you give somebody really good, valuable information, they never think, this is probably all that this guy knows. They never, right. ever think right. that. They think right, right, this guy right. is... This guy has an endless wealth of this information. That's just what people naturally think. So as we're giving away great information, if we remember that people think that we're an endless, especially a guy like you and I that are constantly devouring books and learning just because we love it. (laughs) But still, people make that assumption. It's not like, that. this is probably all this guy has. Well, and you know, and I think there's validity to that. I mean, one of my problems with my own things, I've got projects of my own that I'm frustrated that I haven't launched. But part of it is because I'm almost addicted to client work because, at least for me, I love feeling like the guy that sits in Central Park playing eight games of chess at once. And that keeps Mm. me involved in a lot of client projects because of that. Because someone will have a problem and I'll be like, oh, like I've been reading books since I was two. Uh, It was, you know, and... Uh, like you said, like you might give away that gem and you might be like, that's so good, but you don't even know what you already know. And part of it is, is when people find that it's it, like you said, it's because of who you are. It's not so much even just that one tidbit. And I think that's the thing people forget. You give away your best info to you. It's your best info for other people it might just be demonstration of your proof and who you really are. It doesn't take a whole day to recognize sunshine, you know? And so you give away that tip, man, this guy knows the stuff. He's obviously immersed in this. He would be great to have around. Cause I'm sure there's a lot of, 
of other gold nuggets in there for a whole, like, we don't even know what scenarios are going to show up. So I think that there's something to be said for that, too. Like, you know, just that we are so close to it. It's like a kid or a dog or something. You can't really see the growth if you're there every day. But if you were to just come and visit every six months, you'd be like, man, what has happened? And I think that that really shines through, too. So... Now, how about managing all that? Like, is it complicated to manage? Is it relatively straightforward and simple? Uh, for you, what are like the top three most critical things for you to keep your eye on? For me, it was kind of like what you were saying earlier with the building the team. When you build the right team, like I don't, I don't really stress about anything business-wise, like, oh, I, I've got to make sure, I've got to make sure, I've got to make sure. To me, I'm just like, okay, do I have enough? Because I'm constantly updating my YouTube videos. So it's like, oh, is my is my assistant, does she have enough videos to continue to post a YouTube video once a week? Oh, she's running low because I, I batch them. I go down to San Diego or I go in the studio and I do like 10 or 15 videos at a time and I do one, you know, just disseminate, have her do one, one video per week up right. there. So I'm doing like two or three months at a time. So I'm just like, oh, does she have enough, does she have enough stuff or um, what client do I have coming up today? Like I've got a coaching client today coming up in a couple hours. So it's like, okay, I'm going to review what we did last week and that. But as far as like maintaining everything, so much of it is automated that I don't think about it. And my, and my business partners and I, there, there are three of us and we all have, I'm mostly like the face of and the content creator and I kind of see, see big vision. And then my other guys have their strengths and we all kind of, so everybody kind of does their thing. I don't really, I'm not like, Oh, I've got a balance. I don't feel like I'm spinning plates. I'm just like, okay, I spend two, you know, two weeks or two months or two days working really hard on something and I kind of batch it and then I send it off to my guys or to my assistant or to whatever. So you specialize. I love that because you specialize, do the things that your genius, your superpowers, what you're genius at, and you have a team around you to do the rest. Is that accurate to say? It's 100% accurate. I'm mostly the content creator. That is awesome. So I'm going to talk about something. So I mentioned I'm in the Philippines, and the other day I went in. I was looking to get my back rub because I'd been on a plane for a long time and started off with a back rub, and I'd been wearing sandals, and it's rainy, and I was walking in the mud because I forgot to pack my shoes, and my shoes were dirty, feet were dirty, and I actually had nail clippers in my pocket because my nails were so grown out, my toenails, I was going to cut them, and they were like, hey, how about we wash your feet too and give you a pedicure? I'm like, and I'm sure. Like, well, what about your hands manicure? I was like, sure. So next thing you know, I'm getting my back rubbed, I'm getting my feet washed and a foot massage before the pedicure, I'm getting a hand massage, and then my hands cleaned, and then Buddy's mom comes in, and then she's like, hey, do you want her to clean your ears? I'm like, sure, why not? Because I love entrepreneurs, and they keep upselling me, and I'm in the Philippines. I mean, at the end of the day, it cost me $27, I think, for all that. Oh, my you know, God. Right. So I was, like, I was like, I'm a good buyer. Like, most people just don't make enough offers, and I was so happy and impressed and proud of that, and we were having this conversation, and they were like, yeah, you know, once a month, talking about this, I was like, actually I might do maybe not all, the whole shebang but I'm like I might come in and do this more often and they're like well what do you mean like isn't that expensive and I was like well it depends on how you think about it I'm like do you guys do your own laundry and they're like yeah and I'm like okay so let's just say you make three dollars an hour but you can hire someone to do your laundry for a dollar an hour wouldn't it be better for you to just do what you do best that you can make three dollars an hour for and pay someone the dollar an hour to do your laundry and just do you what you do for that I mean you'll be two dollars ahead and it was like a light bulb went off for everyone and I wanted to bring that up here because I think that's a good analogy for what you just said. You're like, no, I don't really spin a lot of plates. I do what I'm good at. 
I built a team around me. So now what I, you know, like it's that specialized knowledge. You have specialized knowledge in these things that produce these results that are worth this much in combination with this team around you. And now you've got like an ecosystem, a team that everybody plays a role. They all get compensated in whatever capacity that they think is fair to keep doing it. And at the end of the day, it allows you to do what you do best, better than ever. And, you know, and, and, and this team around you, I mean, just many hands make for light work. So you're not bumping your head against the wall trying to crunch numbers when that is like pulling teeth for you. And so I think that's a really – everyone talks about do what you love and, or, you know, focus on your strengths, ignore your weaknesses. And I think there's a lot of validity to that. And I think that um, – I think through just example, honestly, Aaron, I think that you've just really like got some great principles that whether you know it or not are really the key cornerstones of your success. Now, do you feel that there's any habits that you've had over the years that are really attributed to where you've been able to get to, things that you do on a regular basis or learn to do? Yeah, absolutely. I, I have a morning routine. It's about a it's about an hour and a half to two-hour morning routine that I do um, pretty much every morning. I will five days a week. I, on Saturday and Sunday, I, my wife and I, we just we sleep as long as we can. We just hang out in bed and read funny things. So the weekends are different, but, but during the week, I wake up and I – I I do about 40 minutes of meditation and and meditation and reading inspiring things that kind of stuff and I actually have a a list on my phone that's called the truth about you and um the truth about you is kind of what you were talking about earlier is I'm constantly renewing my mind with about 23 23 to 25 things that are more true about me than my negative thoughts when I wake up in the morning sometimes I still have these flood of negative thoughts that come into my mind so I'm constantly renewing every morning what is more true as true or more true then you're dumb or you're going to fail or this isn't going to work out or you won't have sustained success, like any of those kind of voices. So I do that for 45-ish minutes in the morning and then I make breakfast and then I go on a walk. And my walk, I do even more. I do incantations. I have about 10 or 15 incantations that I say over and over to like the, the beat of the steps that I walk. And so I have these incantations I say over and over and over again, kind of renewing my mind with, with where I'm going and kind of this is the idea of vision and commitment. And then after my walk, I go into the gym and I work out for about 45 minutes and then I stretch for about 15 minutes and then I come back and have a nice breakfast. So that, that two hour routine is, is what gets my mindset and my energy level up to, you know, up to a hundred percent toward whatever I'm tackling that day. I can just tackle it with full force. That is so beautiful. You know, Abraham Lincoln is so famous for his quote and forgive me if I get the hours wrong, but if I had six hours to cut down a tree, I'd spend five of them sharpening my ax. Mm-hmm. You just talked about that. You're like, if I have a day of things to do, the first thing I do is I wake up, you know, you feel happy and loving with your wife on weekends, which is a great way to spend your time. But you wake up, you eat, so you fuel your body, you meditate, you 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 get into a trance of all these, I'm this. Like, you get into this, you charge your body, you charge your energy, you totally get rid of any of that stuff that might come up and prevent you from making, you know, a, a self-conscious, like, gets you out of that negative introspection, negative criticism, feeling powerful and, in, and present in who you are, and you prepare yourself so that way when you go through the day, you show up at your best. I really think that that is, uh, man, so it sounds like, and this is not something the first time I've heard this, a lot of people that come on the show that have been very successful have a morning routine, and I really think part of that secret is exactly what we talked about. You prepare to show up at your best and perform, and I think that there's, that's that's huge. That's so huge. So now you say incantation. So it's like a ch- like a chanting meditation then, or is it just like a list of affirmations that you go through and kind of just repeat? You know, almost like your uh, what is it? The rosemary beads, right? Isn't that what it's supposed to be? All the different names for God type thing. Is that? It, it's yeah. It's it's very similar to that. So to me, I have I I've 
connected my visions and my commitments and, and what I want to be true about me and that I, I speak it in the present moment and what is true about me. So I'll just I'll just be uh, I'll just tell you a couple of them. So one is and a couple of them rhyme. I am a I am a singer and a songwriter. So a couple of them rhymed just naturally. But one is um, um, I'm the lead in my own show, my own show on HBO. I'm the lead in my own show, my own show on HBO. So that's one of them. That's like that hasn't happened yet. But that's something that I'm, I'm committed to and make it happen. It will happen. Yeah, it definitely will. And then um, another one is like uh, just like on the relationship tip. Um, my wife's name is Martha, so I just say Martha's everything I want. Martha's everything I need. Martha's everything I want. So that's another one. Um, I've got I'm a New York Times bestseller. I'm an Amazon bestseller, and actually I'm an Amazon bestseller now. Um, but New York Times bestseller, not not yet. So um, those kind of things. And I just say them. I just say them as I walk to the pace of my walk, and I'm, I'm just drilling them into my mind. It's a it's a it's a way of brainwash because we're if you're anything like me or just, you know, most people I know, we're being brainwashed by our thoughts constantly. We don't realize it, but we have thoughts in our mind that we're repeating over and over these negative self-tapes that are that are brainwashing us and are limiting our possibilities. So I'm reversing that with brainwashing myself with very specific different thoughts of where I'm heading and where I'm, where I'm committed to go. Yeah, I love that. And I think there's a lot of power to it. And again, I mean, placebo is real. Placebo is such a real thing. They have to account for it. And that's where most scientific studies, if they're not a double-blind study to attribute for the placebo effect, which is literally just the power of our belief, then they, and it's, not, it's a tainted test because we got to make sure that it's statistically relevant despite our ability to influence ourselves with our minds. So I think that's I, – I, yeah. And it's not that – you know, if everything's great, everything's great. I think it's the practical application uh-huh. of that. It's like charging yourself. It's like a battery. You charge yourself out and then you spend the energy. And I think that the two in combination are phenomenal. So yeah. Now, yeah, let me say let me say yeah. a word just about positive like positive affirmations. If anybody gets confused that I'm talking about positive affirmations, I don't actually believe in positive affirmations. You mentioned it earlier, but just like I think it's I, it doesn't feel authentic to me and doesn't connect to me to be like I am great and life is good and blah blah like all that kind of stuff. That so for me when I do these incantations and when I do the what I call the truth about you list, one of the chapters of my book is called the truth about you. It talks all about this, but the the idea is with the truth about you is I'm taking I take very specific lies that I believe because we all have these lies that that we believe and 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 believe over and over they're usually five or ten or twenty lies that we tend to believe and repeat over and over in our mind and if we can discover what those are and counter them with the truth it becomes really powerful has been for me so what I've done is I've discovered that lies that I most typically believe and the lies being rackets that we talked about earlier rackets complaints that kind of thing and I I what I find is a truth that counters that specific lie. So I'm getting very, very um, granular and intentional about what truth I'm speaking that counters a very specific lie that I'm tempted to believe on a regular basis. And a lot of mine are in the form of actual quotes that people have said to me. So if I believe that, because um, right now one of my big pursuits is acting. I'm in acting class all the time and auditioning all the time. And so if I believe, oh, I'm t- it's too late in the game and I suck as an actor, that kind of thing, I have one, I have a 
bunch of quotes from like famous directors and acting coaches and famous actors that I've worked with of things that they've said to me, you know, without any, without me saying anything to them. And so I take that and I'm not, don't just let that encourage me in the moment. I actually write that down on my truth about you list and I read that and the others every single day. So it's countering specific lies with specific truths that are at least as true or more true than my thought that I suck and I'm never going to make it and that kind of stuff that, that I'm tempted to believe. So it's very, very intentional type of positive affirmations. Yeah, no, I agree, I agree with that. In fact, I've got a, I've got something similar to my own that I listen to, and I, I think you're right because even when you say it, it's not even just a positive affirmation like I'm great. You say something like that, and then you reflect on it. So like one is I'm a genius and I use my wisdom daily. That's one of the ones that I say. And when I mm. say it, I'll stop and think and be like, did I do that yesterday? Am I doing that today with, you know, and I think that's exactly what you mean. Like, am I behaving in line with this? And so I think you're right. It's not the wishy-washy like, ooh, everything's great, but it's exactly like you said. I love what you call it. Your, what do you call it again? It's your, the truth, the, 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 the truth, sorry. The yeah, truth. the, the, the truth about you list. Truth about you list. I love that. Truth about you list. Yeah, that's a great name for it. Because um, lies, lies keep us bound and truth sets us free. So I want to know the, the more I can know the most truth about me and the most truth about the world, the freer I'm going to be and the more, the more powerful I can be. Because to me, it is my obligation, my duty, my responsibility, and my privilege to be as powerful as I could possibly be so that I could serve the world the most powerfully and leave it far, far better than I found it. I love that. I'm sorry. I'm I'm actually I'm a writer downer. All these interviews, I always keep a pen and paper, even though I got my computer. I just I love what you just said there. I really do. Um, now, how does that translate into selling continuity? How does this and and this intent and talking to your avatar and you know and and focusing on your specialized knowledge and skills? How does that translate into selling people into a subscription program? Is that what it is, or is it a course that's just spread out over months and they make monthly payments? Um, it, it, it's, it's both. So like the main course is called superior singing method. And that course is, it's, it's like a $97 course or something. And you get, you get my eight week program. So my eight week program is you get a video of me every day and me giving you some technique and exercise. And below that is like your, you know, your actual, all the piano things for all the scales that you do that day. So, and then you get one day off a week. And so that's like my main eight week program. And so that's, that's just a one-time fee of the $97. And then I've got dozens of other little mini courses that people can buy and we bundle those together and sell them in different ways. And then we have a continuity thing called the vocal coaching club. And that's just like tons more content. So it's all this stuff in the course, but just blown up. So like tons more videos. And I think there's like 60 or 80 more videos and you get a bunch of courses. So that that's the continuity where they pay I honestly don't even know what it is right now, 14 a month or 40 a month or something. Got it. So it, just let me clarify. So you sell a bunch of kind of piecemeal one-off courses, which promise a specific end result. But then after they've yeah. probably gone through, and I don't know if you have stats on this or not, but after they've gone through one or two, you're like, look, stop piecemealing yourself. Just sign up for this and you get access to everything, you know, and everything that happened and everything that's coming out in the future. Is that kind of, and forgive me if I'm oversimplifying it, but is that kind of the, the, the model that you're following? 
That's pretty close. So let, let me let me back it up even further. So with the, when I do the YouTube videos, that's like, hey, here's this tip on one tip on how to sing high notes. And that's the piecemeal. Like YouTube is all just really good piecemeal tips of do this. But then it's like, hey, click the link below and, and, and get some of my favorite vocal exercises and that you can also find my course. And so that's the, hey, let's stop, let's stop screwing around with the piecemeal stuff. Let's get the main course, which is an eight week. It's like systematic builds on itself. Like it's like this full course of like, do the right thing at the right time, learn the right thing at the right time to build this voice. Cause voices are not, you don't, you're not born with talent. You're, you build the voice that you want. So that's the idea. And then the vocal coaching club is even the next level of like, okay, now you've got the basics of how to build this thing. Let's blow up. Cause I've got eight models modules and I've got it my vocal coaching thing is like an eight pronged approach so I take these eight prongs you learn them all and then the vocal coaching club is like let's go super in depth for each one of these things got it got it got it and so it's probably like an 80 20 where the 80 percent of your members do the eight week thing first before the continuity thing or do you find that it's kind of you get people that sign up just for the continuity and the reason why I ask is because I hear different things from different people they're like it's really hard to front end continuity or subscription and that you know a lot of people say like I prefer to do like what you do where, and that's kind of like digital marketers a big name in the industry and that's their kind of appeal I got another buddy I've done interviews with he's in the martial arts business and that's kind of his approach he's like I sell something small and then back end the continuity and so I'm just trying to cross reference that to say like you know you don't really sell the continuity up front you build a relationship first. You go, hey, here's this thing. It's a small investment. Tip, you put your toe in first. Qualify yourself, you know, by spending a little bit of money with me. And then after I've proven myself to you, then let's talk about an ongoing relationship. Yeah, that's great. So, so all that stuff is stuff that we do and have done over the years. But to me, like my YouTube channel, because there's so much information on that, that I build a lot of trust with that. So then, when people go and sign up for my course, my $97 course. And uh, we do the continuity as the upsell within the same funnel. And we get probably a 40% take on the continuity once that's happened. But we've also and still do like these $7 products, $7, you trust me, you know, seven, we give them $7 for this bundle of like a couple of mini courses. And then we'll upsell them for the main course and upsell them for the continuity. Got it. Got it. Got it. Got it. Oh, so it's just a basic ascension ladder. So <clears throat> for anyone right. that's not familiar with that, let me just pull up my little checklist here because I know that the listeners want to know some of my best <laughs> some of my best content. But basically, it's the information ascension ladder. So if anyone here is a coach, consultant, or actually pretty much every business is in the information business because you're always selling education on why you do what you do and why it's important the way you do it. Instead, you know, And so education, information marketing, content marketing is appropriate for every single business, why you do it the way you do it there. And so it's a basic ascension ladder. You basically have your email opt-in or your free content, which leads to an introductory product. You mentioned your $7 ones, which either leads to the content continuity program or a higher price product and then you probably if you want it could do some back-end stuff where at the higher tier you have your seminars and you sell your higher end group coaching programs which then leads to the highest tier which most people don't get right uh, which is your implementation services and then above that personal coaching because for you with all these paying subscribers if someone wanted your time they wanted to touch the troll or meet the guru it can't mm -hmm. be right it can't be for like a hundred bucks an hour no right? no no because, yeah exactly so got it so you've built the structure under 
underneath you to build that. And now you've just, like you said, you filled in all the levels. Very, very clean. Very clean, very crisp, very cool. So now let me ask you kind of what's your focus? Like where are things going? If anyone here loves what you're doing and they're like, man, I really want to get involved, you know, where can they get their, your book? What are the places that they need to go to kind of get involved and follow along with you? And I know I've benefited a ton from this. Just on this call, even say, have being able to kind of contribute a little bit, um, I think you've helped my mindset in that. So where do people connect with you? What are some of the best ways for them to get in touch and join your following? Yeah, if um, at Aaron Anastasi is like uh, my Twitter and my my Facebook and my Instagram, and I do like every day I'm posting like quotes, a lot of like encouraging motivational type of quotes. Most of them are actually from my book, The Voice of Your Dreams, and The Voice of Your Dreams has its own Facebook page. I'm actually just started a campaign where I'm doing little 30 second videos of like um, kind of encouraging motivational mindset kind of stuff. And then the book is called The Voice of Your Dreams. Like I said, there's the Facebook page where if you go to thevoiceofyourdreams.com, there's a nice video there that kind of explains everything about the book. And if you put your email in there, I'll send you a 30 percent off uh coupon code to go to Amazon to get the book. So those are the primary ways to get get in touch with me. And then as far as what else is going on, I'm actually – I was just talking to my wife about this yesterday that my, my new book is probably going to be coming out probably around December, I'm guessing, December this year. And so that's that's an upcoming thing. And then, of course, I'm constantly pursuing the acting, filmmaking stuff. So all that's fun and upcoming. And then, yeah. Got it. All right. So, Aaron Anasti. Uh, wait, that I, I I probably butchered that this time. That's okay. Anastasi. Anastasi, and it's A N A S T A S I. You can look them up on Twitter. You can go to thevoiceofyourdreams.com, and you can definitely reach out if you can help him get his HBO show. Um, you know, or get yes. any sort of right major movie roles, anything like that. Please let this guy mm-hmm. know. He obviously is out to really help to change the world and impact a lot of people. And so, the more we can help him, the more he'll help us and everyone else and i just love win-win-win scenarios like that um aaron was there anything i should have asked you that i didn't ask you you've been so generous with your time and with your knowledge and with your wisdom today is there anything i should have asked you that i didn't there's nothing that you should have asked me that you didn't that i could think of but that i guess the one one kind of last thing I'd like to leave with people is is this idea of believing in your bigness. I, I believe in your bigness because there's so much more in you than you realize. Whatever it is that you're pursuing and whatever it is that you're going after, all those negative self you know that that negative talk and that all that none of that stuff is true it's not the true you it's it's that is what's keeping you bound so believe in your bigness because there's so much more in you than you realize and when you start functioning as if there's so much more in you than you realize because there is then you start seeing more radical results in your life you start taking more risks you start being more bold you start putting yourself out there more and you start getting into action quicker and doing the things that you really truly love to do so believe in your bigness there's more in you than you realize i love that thank you so much again go to the voice the voice of your dreams.com and again thank you so much i want to give you and your family all the best and thank you for your time today and for openly sharing with myself and my listeners it's been an honor and a pleasure thank you daryl pleasure pleasure has been all mine i appreciate you having me on your show and i really enjoyed this conversation thank you you've reached the end of our interview Now first, let me thank you for listening. I appreciate and respect you more than you'll ever know. And now I'd like to ask you a couple of questions. First, what three lessons did you just learn? What three aha moments just jumped out at you? Second, 
What can you implement for yourself and your business in the next 24 hours? Third, what can you give to someone else to help you with or give them to just do it for you? Whatever it is, remember taking action is the secret sauce to results. Now, if you think this interview would be helpful for a friend, please give them a link to it. It'll help them and it'll help me too. I'd also like to invite you to help me find out more about the challenges you're facing, your dreams, your goals, and how I can help you overcome what's holding you back. We both do better when we know better, and your success is my success. So please reach out and interact. You can visit our website, bestbusinesscoach.ca for Canada or California, where I'm from and where I'm living. You're welcome to also try out one of our paid programs. You can find us on YouTube, Facebook, and pretty much every other social media channel you can think of. You should also subscribe to the podcast. And if you're enjoying them, please leave us a nice review. It really helps. That's all for now. Once again, thank you. Take care of yourself. And remember, the world needs the best business you can build. And I believe in you.